It's time for another edition of the Cubs Weekly Podcast presented by Wintrust, proud legacy partner of the Chicago Cubs and exclusive home of Cubs Checking. Open online today at Wintrust.com slash Cubs. Elise Meneker here alongside Cubs contributor Bruce Levine and analyst Sean Marshall. There's a lot to get to. Maybe a relatively quiet offseason compared to other years, but for the Cubs, there has been some action. Maybe not all on the field, but it was on the field that the Cubs were eliminated from the postseason. That's when their offseason started. Now then, the first big news of the offseason, October 31st, John Lester's option, uh, making him a free agent. Well, the Cubs declined it, so that made him a free agent. Then November 17th, Cubs history, Theo Epstein announced he was stepping down. Jed Hoyer, the new president of baseball operations. Then just last week, the Cubs non-tendered Kyle Schwarber, making him a free agent. And then this week, the winter meetings, of course, going on and wrapping up tomorrow. So then, Bruce, I'm going to start with you. I just mentioned a lot that's going on with the Cubs. And just what kind of intrigues you the most when you see and hear everything that's happening? Well, mostly, uh, you know, it's, it's slow because you have to wait until the tender date. So December 2nd was really the, the jump off point for teams to see what new players were going to be out there. And that, nobody wanted to make a rash move when they didn't know the full free agency. There's an extra 50 guys out there now that were non-tendered. And, you know, certainly Kyle Schorber was one of them with the Cubs. But uh, the reality is, is that uh, things get a little go a little bit slower right now. And there's tentativeness uh, also because we don't know about 2021 very well right now. Yeah, no doubt. And as far as the offseason moves, yes, there hasn't been player transaction. We saw the big Schwarber move and Al Moore was non-tender. But the big exclamation point is the changing of the guard. Theo Epstein steps down. Jed Hoyer fills his position as the president of baseball operations. And that sets up what I think is going to be a flurry of different moves, very impactful moves going forward, where Theo is not responsible for. I think that the Cubs and the new changing of the guard is going to move these big pieces, some of these core players, and then Theo's not really the finger that's being pointed there. So Jed Hoyer coming as president of baseball ops is the big mover for the Cubs this offseason so far, and I believe there will be very impactful moves here going forward. Yeah, no doubt that has to be one of the more surprising moves, you could say, this offseason with the Cubs. And then, Bruce, I want to talk to you because you even mentioned it, non-tendering Kyle Schwarber. So he's no longer in a Cubs uniform, of course, uh, a hero in the postseason for the Cubs. But this past season, a down year for him, just hitting 188, 66 strikeouts in 60 games. When you know the guys also on the list who the Cubs have to make decisions about, like Baez, Bryant, and Rizzo, non-tendering Schwarber, was that the right move to you? Well, I think it was for the team where it's at right now, Lisa. And you have to understand that uh, they are in the middle of uh, deciding whether they're going to compete for 2021 or be looking at the big picture. I think the big picture is where it's at. And $9 million real dollars that they were going to put towards Schwarber, remember, in the last year before he becomes a free agent, is probably better spent somewhere else. That doesn't mean Schwarber is not worth the money or that he won't get a long-term deal from somebody else and make as much money. But for the Chicago Cubs purposes right now, I don't believe that it was the wrong move. I think it's the right move because the fact that uh, they are in a a transition mode right now, not knowing for sure what 2021 and beyond is at this moment. 
Yeah, even Hoyer has said he'll keep the phones open for Schwarber. It may not necessarily be this permanent goodbye, but of course they are trying to shake things up. And Sean, with that, it could yeah. mean that Chris Bryant's days in a Cubs uniform are numbered as well. And when we talk about trades, yeah. we just kind of throw it out there, right? Like this guy, maybe he won't be here, maybe he will, but it comes down to also it's a person and this is his life. And he doesn't know, you know, Bruce has been saying all the uncertainties with uh, not just his past season, but the upcoming season. I know you actually had to live this as well you were a part yeah. of the trade uh from the cubs to the reds a few days before the holidays even just talk about that when we talk about brian how you can kind of relate to a situation yeah and the moves uh last week or so with the changing of the guard the new gm my gm when i was with the cubs which was jim hendry and jim hendry pretty much promised myself and my family that I was one of the safe players like one of the untouchable players but as soon as the change of the guard came in and the rebuild for the Chicago Cubs happened around 2012, I was one of the first players to be traded. I never was pictured in trade rumors. I thought it was safe, but I had caught wind that maybe I was going to be on the move to an AL team or an NL team. So you feel in your gut a little bit. So if you're KB at this point, you have to realize that baseball, and all other players in the Chicago Cubs as well, that baseball is a business. Okay, it's important to leave it all in between the lines in spring training, do the right things in practice, do the right things off the field to leave impressions. Good impressions carry you very far in this game and in life. So yes, the trade talks, they're there. They're always there for most players and no one's really actually safe in this game. And Bruce will probably attest that as well. You're kind of pawns to the puzzle. You know I mean? You puzzle pieces, pawns like a chess game. You can be moved at any time. It could be life-changing moves. So with the changing of the guard, Nobody's really safe, in my opinion, but the Cubs are looking to the future in this miniature, maybe a little miniature rebuild here going forward. Yeah, they always say those phone lines are open and they are open to those conversations. And Sean, you yeah. mentioned it. It was Jed and Theo, as Tom Ricketts has even said it over these past years. It has been Jed and Theo like it has been one word now, the changing of yeah. the guard that you also mentioned. That has happened with the Cubs. And now we welcome in Jed Hoyer, new president of baseball operations. Jed, thank you so much for joining us today on Cubs Live. Of course. Thank you. I'll start off a new president of baseball ops. I mentioned not an unfamiliar role for you, but new with the Cubs. So I just want to ask how everything's going here, especially in 2020 and with you taking over in this role. That means the GM spot is still open. So just the progress on that search as well. Yeah, you know, I'm sitting in the office and there's probably three or four of us that come in every day, but really the office is closed. Uh, so it's mostly Zoom calls like this uh, all day long to, to communicate with people. Um, I mean, the great part is we have so many good employees and, um, you know, Theo and I helped hire these people. And so we totally trust them. And uh, I feel like I have great help. Now, as for the GM search, I haven't started yet. I've been uh, really busy. Um, and I'm trying to decide exactly when the right time to start that. But uh, luck luckily, like I said, I've got plenty of help here. Uh, nothing is uh, slipping through the cracks. And um, I think we're off to a good start. Jed, uh, you and I and uh, 12 other uh, guys that do my job are normally standing right now in a strange uh, city, in a strange hotel room during the winter meetings. How odd is it not to be at winter meetings now? And uh, Taking it a step further, uh, is there the same type of phone activity and text activity that we normally see this time of year? Yeah, you know, I, I can't say I miss it that much. Um, it's, it's an exhausting four days. You feel like you get 
you know, probably a total of 12 hours sleep in four days. And, uh, I think I've had my last 20 birthdays at the winter meeting. So it was nice to actually see my kids and my wife on my birthday this year. So I don't miss it, but I do miss kind of being with the scouts and being in the same room and, and, and having a chance to, to bounce ideas off each other easier. Um, as far as phone and, and text activity, it's been um, a pretty active week. I don't think that has anything to do with the virtual winter meetings. I think that has everything to do with the fact that, um, you know, we're a couple of weeks out from Christmas and, you know, things start to heat up this time of year. You know, normally there's kind of a big rush right up to Christmas and then things die out for a week to 10 days. So I, I think it'll be busy from now um, until right before Christmas. And then we'll get, uh, get some time where it's not quite as busy. So uh, it's active uh, just like it would be if we were uh, in a hotel somewhere. How you doing, Jed? Sean Marshall here. Congratulations on your, on your promotion to president of baseball ops. Uh, talk Thanks, to the Sean. minor league side. What's the state of the MLB in general, the minor leagues, and especially the Cubs farm system at this point? Well, you know, today we, we um, issued, I guess, invitations, they call it, to um, to four affiliates. So, you know, Iowa, Tennessee, South Bend, and Myrtle Beach. And, you know, we were fortunate, you know, as they um, kind of redo the minor leagues and reconfigure it, uh, we're super fortunate. You know, we have awesome affiliates. Um, I was happy that Eugene, um, the Emeralds, ended up going with the Giants for for high A. I was thrilled that they landed in a, in a good spot. So um, we're, we're really fortunate that was today's news. And, and we'll continue to find out more information about uh, the setup of the leagues um, as we go forward. Um, South Bend is now going to be high A. Uh, Myrtle Beach is going to be low A, which is kind of the one change. You know, as for the minor leagues, you know, we, we really overhauled um, our player development system a year ago, and we were so excited to get going and to to see the progress. And I feel like internally we saw a lot of progress, um, you know, whether it was uh, at the alt site and instructs or just working remotely with guys. But unfortunately, the public sees very little of that. So um really excited for next year. I know we're going to have a minor league season of some sort of some length. And I think that we'll be able to see sort of the, I guess, proof of proof of concept of uh, what we're trying to do. Um, I think our farm system is, uh, is certainly on the rise. And I think next year will be a, a big turning point for it. Jed, I want to ask you about another change. There was a report earlier this week that the designated hitter would not be coming to the National League. So I'm curious, even what you've heard in regards to the DH and just how that's impacting how you approach this offseason. Yeah, I mean, we've been told that we should operate under the assumption that there would not be a DH. And so that's the the way we're operating. Um, who knows uh, what will happen as they, they finalize these rules. But you know, there's some uncertainty with, with um, what's happening. Um, you know, we, we don't know about the DH. We don't really know um, about roster sizes yet. We don't know about pitcher limits. Um, we don't know how long a season's going to be or when we're going to start. And so there's some uncertainty, but every team is dealing with the same things. And um, I just think we have to, you know, go forward and, and assume that the two sides will get together and that it'll be for the, for the good of the game. Um, so it's uncertainty, but it's nothing we're not used to dealing with. Chad, uh, a two-parter for me here. Number one, uh, you and Theo always had the rule that there were no untouchables with the Chicago Cubs. There were plenty of people you would not want to trade, but that you would have to listen to everybody about every player. Is that still in place under you? And two, if uh, people come to you with or big names like a Darvish or a Contreras 
and offer you three or four players. How do you balance whether that would be good for the Cubs now and in the future as compared to wanting to win in 2021? Well, I think that philosophy, I think that's what you have to have. I mean, I think that unless you have the very best player in the game and, and the most um, desirable asset in the game, I think you always have to, to listen. And I, I, I never quite understand why people um, get upset by that. I, all you're doing is listening and talking. And you know, I don't think there's a single player on our roster that some team hasn't called about at some point. And if we were just to shut down the, the discussions immediately, it wouldn't, wouldn't do us any good. You know, they know which players would be really hard for us to trade and, and teams kind of act accordingly. So um, I think that's always the rule of thumb. I've never operated differently uh, in 20 years. And I think we'll continue to do that. And I think you're always balancing the present and the future. That That's a big part of this job. And, um, you know, I think we've been heavily focused on the present for the last three or four years, you know, um, getting into a, a winning window like this is, is rare and we shouldn't take it for granted. And I don't, I don't think we have taken it for granted. And so um, we're proud of the winning we've done and we're proud of what, what's happened. But at the same time, um, we are getting close to, um, to the end of that, of that group of players that we've we brought up. And when you look at the fact that, you know, um, you know, Rizzo and, and Bryant and Baez, those guys are controllable for one more year. Obviously Schorber was, was in the same boat. Um, we have to think about that. And, and, you know, at some point we have to really focus on that, the next wave of, of guys that can, um, that can be just like those guys were for, for this organization. So um, the president is super important. You know, we just won the division. We have an excellent team. Um, but of course we have to think about the future because um, there's going to be baseball at Wrigley Field long after uh, you know 2021. Following up on that, uh, Jed, uh, you have a uh, manager now that has a year under his belt. How uh, essential is he to the decisions you make on personnel going forward? And uh, do you rely on him as much as you do some of your, your top uh, vice presidents and uh, assistant general managers? Yeah, you know, Rossi's got um, a hard job. I and mean, I think he has to, uh, he's got a lot on his plate always. And so I, I try to, you know, with our guys here, we try to take the the player personnel stuff and, and take that off his plate. Obviously we, we ask his input. Uh, I talk to Rossi every day. Um, but ultimately I think, you know, we have to uh, get the input from, you know, uh, from Rossi, from our pitching coaches, from our, our hitting coaches. You know, we want their, their input. We want their evaluations. Um, and then we try to, you know, talk upstairs here and, and try to you know, put everything in the right context. But, um, Rossi's been around the game a long time. He's got great feel. Um, and I think he's got a good understanding of, of um, you know, exactly what we're trying to do. Sometimes managers are only focused on the next day, the next game. I think Rossi uh, does a really good job of having feel for, for the big picture. So um, we're fortunate. You know, I think we have a, a guy in a, as a manager that has a chance to be a star. Uh, he's already excellent and he's only going to get better. And um, it's good in, in, in my chair to know that we have that guy and um, we can be partners together and rely on each other. And uh, I'm excited about that. Jed, you're busy during this winter meetings week. Thanks so much for fitting us in between all those Zoom calls that you have going on. So thanks again for joining us on Cubs Live. Awesome. Anytime, guys. Thank you so much. 
Welcome back to this edition of the Cubs Weekly Podcast brought to you by Wintrust. You Darvish was the runner-up for the NL Cy Young Award, but found his way to the All-MLB First Team for Pitchers. He was joined by 2020 Cy Young winners Trevor Bauer and Shane Bieber, as well as Jacob deGrom and Max Fried, the First Team Relief Pitchers, Nick Anderson and Liam Hendricks. How about the bats? Salvador Perez. First team for a catcher, the infield. So you got Freddie Freeman at first, DJ LeMahieu at second, and then a pair of Padres on the left side, Manny Machado and Fernando Tatis Jr. in the outfield. No surprise, Mike Trout, Mookie Betts, and Juan Soto. Marcelo Zuna is the first team designated hitter. And with that, we welcome back in Bruce Levine and Sean Marshall to talk about this all MLB team. And of course, you Darvish, first team, Sean Marshall, no surprise, posted nice. 2.01 ERA this season. At 1.7, he won seven straight starts. What did you see yep. from him this season as it all just seemed to click? Congratulations to you, Darvish, on making this elite team. This was a tough season. The protocols, the empty stadiums, the difference from normalness was all there, but Hugh Darvish was just terrific. Since the back end of 2019, he has been on a roll. The way he can manipulate the baseball, control the game, navigate a lineup, and just the pure stuff. He can make the ball move in so many different directions. His demeanor out there, he's calm and composed. Look at the numbers, 8-3 and three with a 2.01. He was my pick for Cy Young. Yes, Bauer was really good, but man, Hugh Darvish was also great. Well, you talk about your pick for Cy Young. You guys did have a chance to pick. We're not going to just have the MLB hand out the awards, right? Or MLB hand them out. We have to have you guys do it too. We're not going to let you get off of this so easy. Bruce, I'm going to start with you. Give me your MLB, your all-team MLB. Well, my my team is very similar to the regular one, but I have uh, Kershaw instead of Freed. Freed didn't pitch the whole season. I have Williams in there as well uh, instead of Anderson. But all in all, uh, a great team. It's going to compete. The shortstop and third baseman are different. I had Ramirez, Trey Turner, great players. I cheated. I took Ozuna from DH to the outfield. I bumped Mike Trout (laughs) because Ozuna blew him away. And Mike Trout had his worst OPS plus season of his entire career. It was still a great year for a normal person, but not for Mike Trout. (laughs) Yeah, I got the starting rotation right. I picked Max Freed. I love the overhand curveball, that big 12-6 curveball. So I threw him some love there for that. But I picked Devin Williams. Yeah, he's a Milwaukee Brewer. But, man, his numbers were incredible this year. He gave up one run on one home run in the whole season. He was terrific. But my starting lineup, a lot of no-doubters there. Freddie Freeman, he was great. It was a toss-up between him and Abreu. LeMahieu is no-brainer there. Bet Soto Trout. All of them, left, center, right fielders right there. Ozuna, terrific as well. But I picked Jose Ramirez and Corey Seager. I got those two wrong. But I picked Seager in particular because of his postseason. Eight home runs in the postseason. Batted 400 in the World Series. He was really good in leading the uh, the Dodgers to the much-needed World Series championship for those guys over there. Yeah, Sean, I'm surprised you didn't throw Kershaw in there, too. You know, another big lefty curve. And Bruce, you're lucky. (laughs) You do. Bruce, you're lucky it's the end of the show. Because, you know, Mike Trout's not a normal person. Let's just put that out there. So relative to his years, sure. But I can't believe you left him off your team. That'll do it for this edition of the Cubs Weekly Podcast brought to you by Wintrust. Don't forget to download and subscribe to the pod on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. And do it today. 